The concept of retirement in this country is broken. We work ourselves to death and miss out on so many of life's experiences. David Adams is a certified financial planner and CPA, founder of David Adams Wealth Group, an independent practice with securities offered through Raymond James Inc., member FINRA SIPC. He's here to help you develop a better way of managing your money. This is Retire While You Work. All right. Hello, I'm David Adams and welcome to Retire While You Work here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And you can listen to us every Sunday from 5 to 6 p.m. Thanks for tuning in as always. And feel free to submit your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Love to answer your question here on the show. Just go to retirewhileyouwork.com and click the contact us button or give us a call at the office 615-435-3644. Love to hear from you. We have a uh, couple special guests today here in the studio. We have Siobhan Farlow from our office. She's our COO and a wealth manager at our practice. Hello, Siobhan. Hello, David. It's great to be back again. Glad you were here. And then also a special guest, we have Leah King, the owner of Kali Yuga Yoga. Did I say that right? Yep, you sure did. Glad glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Great. And uh, Leah, we're actually going to have a conversation with Leah on the th- um, on the third third and fourth segment of the show. So you won't want to miss that. This year, her East Nashville studio, again, it's Kali Yuga Yoga, had its 10th anniversary. And over the years, she's been dedicated to staying current with yoga trends, which we know change quite a bit, and listening to what her students want and has made some really smart decisions over the last decade. And that's during the course of a lot of uh, financial changes out there, a lot of fluctuations. It's been a tough decade. So that's very impressive um, to keep her business going strong. And and during that time, what a change East Nashville has seen over the last 10 years, wouldn't you say? It has been totally it's, 180. It's totally different. I mean, Completely different. In East Nashville specifically, you think of real estate over there and the growth and what it was 10 years ago. Yeah, and and it's had its rises and falls. You know, it's um, from the whole crash in 2007 and oh, now yeah. building back up again. So it's been a long journey. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great, <laughs> great spot to have a yoga practice, as you know. Um, and today we're looking forward to hearing her insight about how she runs her studio and, and also things like what she looks like or what she looks for in job candidates. Nobody wants to hire a frazzled yoga teacher. <laughs> so um, so in, also in addition to be a, being a savvy businesswoman, she has an awesome wit and humor. You're going to enjoy speaking with her, hearing from her. We're going to interview her soon. <laughs> Are you laughing at yourself over there? She's already cracking herself up. Right. And we're going to chat with uh, Leah throughout the show. Now, I love having entrepreneurs here on Retire While You Work because it's exactly the path that we love to see our clients and our audience take, one that involves chasing your dreams and taking big risk financially and emotionally. And that that involves things like taking time away from family to try and to start a passion business. And one that, if it goes well, could feel like you're truly living the retire while you work dream, which is having that mindset that you aren't just wearing your body and mind out and something that you have no passion for, right? So over 15 years of doing this, we've seen far too many people that are worn down and tired and forced to uh, either retire because of layoffs or their health, even worse, or their age, that, that 65 kind of magic age for retirement that everybody has in their head. And we, and we here believe that there's a better way to live and enjoy life and experiences along the way to travel, to be with your family more, um, to find your balance, all those things. Namaste, right? Exactly. <laughs> Namaste. Shantio. <laughs> there you go. Well, and, and 
On that note, health is so important when it comes to retiring while you work and being able to sustain a long, healthy life where you can experience things. And our culture here in America is really based on this antiquated school of thought when it comes to retirement. It has us working from age 22 out of school till 22? That's a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Working from 22 till 65, often 60, 60 hours a week in jobs that we don't enjoy and we have little passion for. All so we can save every penny and still feel that we come up short of this magic number that we hear about on TV. And so we work and we retire at 65 only to hope that we have enough money uh, to feel ready to live on. And, and then at that time, start to enjoy life and to travel and do all these great things. You know, but what if we're not healthy enough to enjoy the fruits of our labor? And what if we're what if we sat behind desks for 40 years, ignoring our bodies, and now we aren't going to uh, to be able to get around comfortably or be well or feel well hello yoga right leah right i see those desk jockeys every day i was just about to say that probably just from our sake of being in a chair in front of a computer screen hunched over or whatever or hunched over looking at our cell phones it probably has a big detriment to our bodies i think yoga in the west is the primary target is to combat the sitting nature of our society. We mm-hmm. go from chair to chair to chair. I think it was a Seinfeld episode that even mentioned how going out was just a process of sitting in one place to moving to sitting in another place to moving to sitting in another location. And that sitting contributes so much to the imbalance that we have in our physical bodies that then causes all these diseases and pain and suffering that we experience as we grow older that we can't combat against. It so. makes so much sense. I mean, the art of just moving is... is is so is so important just moving and stretching and things that it's so easy to go you know have a day pass by and you just don't do these things mm-hmm. and the basis of yoga is really just moving your body in the ways in which it was designed to move right so we spend so little time moving our joints in their full capacity we spend so little effort breathing our full lung capacity and in yoga, it gives you an opportunity to really use the full functionality of your physical body, mm-hmm. which then opens pathways to mental release, to emotional release, and and onward and onward. So oh, yeah, there's so much interconnection between all of that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think we've really missed the boat in, in society. So I'm gl- we're very glad you're here. A lot to talk about uh, along these topics. And you know, yoga is a perfect example of something that all age groups can do to stay healthy and limber and to give your body the best chance to be able to to really glide into your 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I have clients in their 70s that practice yoga and they literally, they look fantastic and they swear that yoga has kept their body feeling great. I'm sure you've seen the same thing. It's a lifelong practice. I think many sports um, and other fitness outlets have a limit. You know, they they have a certain lifetime. Like a lifespan. Mm-hmm. And uh, with yoga, it's something that you can practice when you're young. You can practice middle age. You can practice well into your elderlyhood years. So it's a... Uh, Definitely can keep giving and growing and evolving as you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I could talk about yoga all day. I sound like a commercial for yoga. Are you That's hiring? That's good. That's good. <laughs> if you can't well, see me I'm right saying. now, but I'm here doing my crow pose right now. <laughs> all right, we're about to take our first break. You're listening to Retire Where You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And when we come back from break, we're going to speak with Leah a little bit more about yoga, staying healthy in retirement, and also answer some of your questions that we've received throughout the week. Stay tuned. Thank you.
Welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And we're here today talking with Leah King, who is the owner of Kali Yuga Yoga. Uh, her studio in East Nashville is celebrating its 10th year this year, right? This year, yeah, just this past May. Happy birthday. Thank you. I know. I can't, I'm embarrassed to say it's been that long, actually. Well, that's great. She's in over in East Nashville, has a great practice. And we were talking about before break just the importance of staying uh, staying limber and moving, not just in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, but into your 60s and 70s and how that plays into the retire while you work concept. So think about this. Instead of working ourselves to death till we're 65 and ignoring our bodies like our culture has really um, seen so often, why wouldn't we try another way? The new movement that I'm seeing a lot more of, at least in our office and just in general, um, what we call the retire while you work movement, if you will, is working is working your tail off maybe for 20 years, right? And saving up money enough where you can maybe start your own business or go after your dream job, take some sort of risk in order to find something you can sustain, enjoy, and have more balance, even if it means making less money. And we're seeing a lot of people doing this, knowing that, uh, you know, retirement, the days of stopping work at 60 are really changing because retirement used to, it was meant to be at 65, you would retire, you would take Social Security at 66, and then usually die at 68. That was kind of the way the, the idea of retirement was set up. But now we're living to be 85 and 90. And they say now a, a female born today could be, um, expectancy could be 95 and it's on fantastic. up to, yeah, it's fantastic, right? So but, you're just really kind of entering a new chapter of your life versus just stopping is kind of the conversation we're trying to get started. That's right, Siobhan. The idea of retirement meaning stopping, I think is such a dangerous way to look at it. Cause if you, when you, when you're, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so the idea of, you know, you know not interacting with people and being connected and having a purpose can really, um, can really shut down people. So, uh, so you know, why not find a way to work longer, even to age 75 or 80 if you love it, if it doesn't feel like work? Maybe not that 60, 70-hour-a-week corporate job, but maybe you at 45 or 50 you're able to find, uh, you know, start a business or start a yoga studio or do something like that, take that risk. And then if, you, if you're able to do what you love and you can stay healthy and enjoy it till you're 75 or 80, you don't have to have a ton of money to retire. It's not as critical um, then you can travel and make more experience-based decisions along the way and not give up 40 years of your life like we often do, um, that prime time where kids are growing up and you're still in your peak health. Um, and so to be able to do this, we have to stay physically and mentally sharp um, because if we don't, what happens? We start getting things like we were talking about, um, diseases, early dementia, arthritis, heart issues, all things that can rob you of that old vision of retirement, okay? And to stay mentally sharp, we need to stay engaged and connected with friends and family and working in some capacity. And I've seen it. Studies have shown it. It's the key to living a fulfilled, long, healthy life. And to work longer, we need what? Physical health. So, Leah? Right. I'm going to shut up at that. I mean, just do, do you, <laughs> what would you add to this or, or say to that? You know, I, do I know what I'm talking about? Is that, <laughs> does that resonate? Well, I guess I'm kind of uh, back here saying I, that's, you're right. And I, and it's very validating, I guess, from my own personal standpoint, because I, I feel very strongly that I'm, I'm not going to quit my <laughs> running my yoga business. You know, it was, uh, it's definitely a, a, pa- a work of passion and a work of, of, deep internal satisfaction and and knowing for me it's not um it was more of a calling and not something that i just woke up one day and said 
I think I'll, I need to open a business and I think it'll be yoga. Right. It was a lot more organic in that process. And so I don't ever see myself stopping doing that. And um, because I enjoy it so much because it gives back to me so much that I'm, it's also a work where I can grow and evolve and my job changes constantly. Right. It's not the same all the time. And we can develop different programs and my role changes from being a teacher to more of a teacher's mentor to training students to be teachers. And to, a mentor mm-hmm. type of responsibility and right. capacity. So it's, it's almost like I get to be, you know, the employee and then the owner and then the consultant as I'm kind of progressing, but then also reaching my students in different ways. So, you know, for me, uh, with what you were just explaining, you know, I'm kind of back here saying, all right, I'm doing it right. <laughs> That's exactly how this is going to work. Good. But the, but the, <laughs> the, the idea of retirement, does that is that something that even um, resonates with you or do you just Not say, at all. And right. I guess because, you know, for me, not working in a corporate uh, environment and, and this being sort of my labor of love and my, and my personal purpose, um, I don't see that ever ending. You right. know, it's not a job that I signed on for and then, you know, I kind of clock in and clock out on the weekends. I live my life. I mean, owning the yoga studio and doing yoga and being a yoga teacher is my life. That is that is who I am. It's uh, not just something that I do. Sure. So that's never going to stop. I'm always going to be practicing, always going to be learning, always going to be working to develop myself physically, mentally and spiritually. So um I don't see that ever stopping <laughs> until, you know, till the last days. And the studio will always be part of my heart um, right. and, and part of that and part of that way that I can express myself and also receive from it, too. Well, that's 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 great. And I tell you, we're from an industry that looks at it so one dimensionally. They say, you know, you, you need to be saving every penny and you got to <laughs> have two million dollars at age 65 and then you can live on X amount. It's so um, it's so black and white and it's not. And so we life is not black and white. No, well, it's not. And, and in our practice, we've tried to really you know work on becoming more holistic financial planners where, yes, it's important um, to have a plan and to follow that. And to, um, otherwise you can get in a lot of financial trouble, right. but also to recognize it's part of, you know, it's, it's financial health, it's spiritual health, it's physical health. It's, it's finding that balance between all of those. And you can always have more money. We've seen people with, you know, $30 million think they need 40 million to be happy or to right. be, feel comfortable. And then we've seen, um, we've had clients that have $200,000 in their retirement. They're 70 years old living on social security and they're happy as can be and they're healthy and maybe they're doing yoga. So it's, <laughs> Probably. But, but I mean, it's, it's a, there's so much more to it than just, you've got to save 25% of your income. Is that important? Sure. Uh, but that's really what we're, you know, really what we're trying to create that movement and really change the way people view money. Um, Cause it's so antiquated. I feel right. like. And it's, and it's dangerous to think that, you know, that you're working for 40 years just so that you can stop at some point. And the people that stop, they, I mean, I've seen them shut down and within three months they're bored to death. Right. They have to reinvent themselves and, yep. and figure out what that new step will be and they're how not. they're going to fill it. Or just the opposite. There's so many things they have left to do, so many things they want to do that they're just kind of yeah, running right. themselves ragged as the clock is ticking. Exactly. <laughs> right? Got to join this club. Got to get the master's gardener. Got to travel Europe. You're right. <laughs> and then what if much. the health hasn't kept up because for 40 years <laughs> they haven't. sedentary. Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely a, um, a balancing act. Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna chat with uh, Leah King here in a few minutes in our next segment, but we want to go ahead and uh, take a couple of questions. We receive your questions throughout the week. We love to answer those. You can submit yours to retirewhileyouwork.com 
or call us at 615 435 3644. Siobhan, do we have any questions this week? We do. We've got several really good questions. So I'm okay. looking forward to us having a conversation about some of the answers. So this one came from a client meeting. Uh, for the sake of radio, we'll just call him Robert. Uh, Robert was in our office and asked, what should he and his wife be comparing their accounts to when looking at returns? The S&P, the Dow, they keep hearing the market The market is hitting all-time highs. Not sure how to tell how they are actually doing in comparison their accounts to, quote-unquote, the market. Got it. So. Well. Great. It's a good question. We get this a lot. Leah, since we have you here, this is, this is, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is, has to do with yoga. She, her eyes just got headlights. Huge. In headlights. If you want to answer that, I'm just, I wouldn't do that to you. No. Um, I keep my money in a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we've had clients to do that too. All right. well, so, but I know one thing that this brought up an interesting part um, from Robert was, you know, how people also perceive the market. So, um, you know, what is the market? Market. And sure. like the S&P is really only about 500 stocks or so. So Right. And that's the first thing I tell people. The S&P is 500 stocks. The Dow is only 30 stocks. So, you know, generally speaking, that's only roughly 530 different stocks and there are thousands. And so a portfolio allocation, especially if it has things like mutual funds, could have hundreds of different stocks in it. Um, it'd be like comparing a whole apple orchard to just two specific apple trees. It doesn't make sense. And we get this question all the time. Um, I'll come back to this. I want to I want to speak a few more points to this question when we come back from break. You're listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. When we come back, we're going to answer this question and a couple of more and then have a nice conversation with Leah King talking about health and yoga back in a few. Welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And just before the break, we were answering your questions, and we had a great question about comparing your accounts when you're looking at returns. So I want to finish answering that question. And again, you can submit your question to retirewhileyouwork.com. We'd love to answer it, or you can call us at 615-435-3644. So um, Robert's question was about um, how do I compare my accounts and know how I'm doing? Do I look at things like the S&P or the Dow? I keep hearing that the market's at all-time highs. I'm not sure if I'm doing well or the same. And basically, my, my point was that when you, when you think like the Dow Jones is only 30 stocks, you have to be careful what you're comparing to. We get this question all the time. Um, but the reality is the last seven or eight years, the, the S&P 500 has really been the rock star, doing much better than most diversified portfolios, especially if you own um, international stocks, which, have, which haven't done as well. And so over a 10-year period, if you use something like one of these benchmarks, it's a little more clear, but over shorter periods, it's really not a fair comparison. Think about this. From 2000 to 2010, the S&P was down um, average around 1% a year, meaning if you had a million bucks invested in the S&P in 2000, 10 years later, you had you know, 990,000 bucks or so. You I think they call money. that like the lost decade, right? Yeah, they do. That was the, They called it the lost decade for that reason. You had 9-11, you had 2008. So you actually lost money over 10 years. Um, but a diversified portfolio that was maybe 60% stocks and 40% uh, fixed income was still up around on average 5 to 6%. Um, 
so that that's that's where benchmarks can really you know here's the S and P's down one, but you're up five to six in a diversified portfolio. So it's not always a fair thing to compare. And in 2008. From kind of top to bottom, the S and P fell over fifty percent, but that same diversified portfolio was down maybe thirty percent or so. So there's still big gulps. Yeah, there's still yeah thirty percent. I say only thirty percent. Um, but the best way to really benchmark when you're looking at your portfolio mix is to is to have some sort of custom. Um, benchmark um, using things like the S&P or the Dow or maybe what bonds are doing or CDs. I just tell people it's important. We, you know, we'll, we'll put up on the whiteboard in our office, here's what all the different parts of the market have done. Here's how you've done. And is that reasonable? We have a conversation based on the risk they've taken. But don't don't be quick to say, gosh, the market's up 10%. I'm only up four. Something, something's broken. So you have to look at it year by year. So great question. Thanks for that, uh, Robert. And Let's. Uh, we have another question. We do. Um, this one actually was an email from a listener, Adam, from in Oklahoma, and he says that he's completed bucket one and that he's fully funding bucket three. So he obviously listens to us frequently to know all these I love different it. The buckets. buckets. Yep. And he has about thousand dollars in excess in a month in his monthly budget that could potentially be going into bucket two, um, but he's torn. Should he just be putting in it into an account for him and his wife? Or does he start saving for college? Or does he put it towards his mortgage? What, what does he need to Got be it. doing with $1,000? Great. So, um, great question. When we talk about three buckets on the show, we, bucket one is the emergency fund. Um, bucket three, I'll jump to bucket three, is retirement. So, that's money that you put away for retirement that you can't touch until you're 59 and a half. And bucket two is kind of everything in the middle. Saving for a house, all of your kind of early retirement goals, saving for kids' college, that sort of thing. So, um, sounds like he has bucket one. Um, fully funding retirement has about a thousand dollars left over a month that they could put into bucket two. Um, do they put it into an account um, for themselves or start saving for college? <clears throat> so I would say both. I would do a hybrid approach. So I would, for example, I'd do maybe ha- you know five hundred dollars into a joint investment account, five hundred dollars into a college fund, or even maybe it's seven hundred and fifty dollars and two fifty. Kind of um, a balanced approach. Right. Just like we're talking about with everything in life and we talk about on the show with yoga and your health and all those things. It's very important to have balance in life. I would do the same thing when putting money between the buckets. It's the same answer I give when someone asks, you know, says, David, should we pay off the house? We owe two hundred, but we have two hundred thousand dollars that just came in from you know selling part of a business or do we invest it and I normally will say let's do a uh, let's do a combination maybe we um, maybe we pay down half the house and knock it down to a hundred but also go ahead and save a hundred or put um, you know fifty thousand dollars into the kids college fund versus waiting till the child is 15 when you don't have as much time to invest and so also you know it's very important also a lot of times you know people will want to take that money pay off their house, but not start saving for retirement till they're 55, and then you don't have as much time. So it's it's all about balance. I mean, all these situations, I'd say, have an emergency fund, have some money going into retirement, have some, mon- some money being invested in kind of a non-retirement bucket too, and then pay down your house as fast as you can, try to save for your kid's college, do a little bit in all the buckets, and then uh, evaluate it every year. And that's what we do with our questions each week. So that's a great question. And again, you can submit your questions to us at retirewhileyouwork.com or give us a call at 615-435-3644. We'd love to hear from you. Now, we may come back in our last segment to a few more questions, but I'm excited to uh, 
to talk with Leah, our special guest today. We've been talking about her yoga studio and um, how that plays into retire while you work. So let me just so Leah uh, Leah King. She has a studio over in East Nashville called Kali Yuga Yoga, and they just had their tenth anniversary. First of all, Leah, where'd you come up with that name? Well, it is a bit of a long story. Um, uh, when I opened the studio, yoga had always, um, you know, it's been kind of in the in the background and not quite as popular as it is today. Um, but I started noticing even as I was teaching yoga as a, you know, early 20-something, that I would have these students come in and they would tell me, my doctor told me to come see you. Wow, what a great compliment. <laughs> it wasn't me particularly, but it was, you know, that yeah. they were coming that their doctor said you should do yoga and need to get find a yoga teacher. And according to the Vedic scriptures, which is also where yoga comes from, it talks about this whole cycle of the existence and human existence and the, yeah. and the world existence. And it and it discusses um, and describes how we go from these beings of light where we're all interconnected and we're basically all part of this collective consciousness to then sort of devolving Mm -hmm. from this golden era, which is called Satya Yuga. And the Yugas are these super cosmic years, kind of like the Mesozoic and the Cenozoic era. Earth science. Well, and basically we negatively devolve into these separate beings where we empower ourselves more than that connection to others and connection to our environment. Oh. And so we get all the way into this negative state called the Kali Yuga, which is the Iron Age. Oh, okay. But also the Vedas uh, predict that then once we bottom out, we circle back around again and things start to reverse themselves. So, of course, you know, looking around even just... Uh, however, like I don't want to date my own age, but however many years ago that was that I was 25 and how things now have continued to get a little more intense. Um, I couldn't help but look around and see how everyone's bodies, their physical health, mental health, this idea of separateness and, and how the ego was more important than that connection with each other and with ourselves and, and with our with the world in general and then to see that the reverse was actually starting to happen at the same time right wow so for me being a young teacher not knowing much of yoga not knowing much of life in general I felt that you know integrity in my teaching was just being honest about who I was as a teacher and and honest about the practice being here in America and especially in Nashville. It's like not a lot of yoga here. So I named the studio Kali Yuga Yoga just um, as a way to sort of honor where we were. Like this is yoga for citizens of the Iron Age. Well, I love that. You can tell you're passionate (laughs) about what you do. That is amazing. What a great story. It's the 10th anniversary and since you've opened the studio you've gotten married you've had a baby daughter you're expecting a new baby in january yeah a new lot. year's got a lot oh, new wow year, baby hopefully it'll be on this tax year right <laughs> yeah, that's, get that tax deduction there you go smart financial planning i love right. it yeah well that's that's great Bre- breathing exercise get the baby to come out on time <laughs> we'll do some of those during our break we're about to about to go to break but when we come back leah i want to talk to you about what life was like uh, when you when you decided to open your studio and why you went that direction and just uh, kind of um, 
get some uh, get some thoughts from you there as it applies to retire where you work. This is definitely in line with our philosophy here. A lot to learn from you. We'll be back with Leah here in just a minute. You're listening to Retire Where You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. Back in a few. Hello and welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And just before the break, we answered a few of your questions. And as always, send us those questions, retirewhileyouwork.com. Click the Contact Us button or give us a call at 615-435-3644. Now, we're here today with special guest Leah King of Kali Yuga Yoga, founded in 2007. We've been having a great dialogue with her. So, Leah, tell us... um, you know, why did you choose East Nashville? What was it like then? And what was your life like when you decided to open the studio? Well, yeah, at the time, it was a, a very expansionary period for myself personally. I was dabbling in the music industry. I was, you know, beginning teaching. What, in Nashville? I know. It never yeah, happens. I know, right? <laughs> this is a first. Yeah, <laughs> and just trying to figure myself out. I guess experiencing that quarter-life crisis. We were like, what is my purpose? What is my sure. higher calling? What am I meant to do? Um, and, you know, as yoga was sort of opening doors for me, and, and it was kind of becoming the easier way, um, and I was walking through it, I... I felt that the, um, I wanted to make a living teaching yoga. I didn't necessarily want to own a studio, but also at the time, a lot of the studios were very lineage-based. They were very teacher-focused, and they all did a specific style. And I'd been practicing in a lot of different studios and, you know, experimenting with teaching different styles, and um, there wasn't a home for that. So okay. in the end, there wasn't a home for me. Oh, <laughs> so, gotcha. So, so you made your home. Yeah, yeah, so it was sort of, okay, well, I could wait for someone to open a multidisciplinary studio, or I could just right. do it Take myself. Take a leap of faith right. and do it. It's like, well, well, I guess I have to do this. Well, for you personally, what is the most gratifying thing about owning your own business? I think... The fact that it is my my sort of in my deep calling and that it is my passion and it is something that I really enjoy and believe in, that it's so fun to be a part of it. Sure. And I think being able to enjoy my business at, from the client side is been so gratifying and to go to class and be practicing what you preach exactly and just really receive from it sure and because you give to it so much and and you see other people receiving and it's really nice to then be on that side as well and of course and to feel like you're serving not just yourself also but also for other people but it's um it's just it kind of keeps giving back to me all the time certainly relate to that in our business i feel the same Mm -hmm. way that's a good that's a good feeling to have and so you mentioned yoga is your passion but it is also your business so how do you keep from getting burned out especially a decade into your into your success well definitely receiving from my business going to class you know i just getting on the mat and taking time to be there and enjoy the wonderful teachers that we have and and enjoying what I love, which is actually doing the practice and, and being a part of that community and just hanging out at the studio. Right. I'm lucky that my business is a place where people choose to go when they don't want to work. You know, They, right. they look forward wow. to being there. I'm yeah. like, and that's right. my office. Right. <laughs> so being able to just shut down the computer and hang out and, and just kind of absorb that energy is, is makes it. It's just a wonderful work day for me. I bet. Well, you obviously had a vision for what kind of studio you wanted, but how did you go about making sure that you were making the right financial decisions along the way? Because I know there's f- big financial considerations when right. you leave the, you know, the corporate 
America's safety net. Right. If well, you and if yeah. you're going to do a, a a work, you know, a labor of love, uh, like my business, for example, it's all about lowering your risk so that it can be enjoyable and that you're not going to be stressed with the bottom line. Absolutely. And for me, you know, that's what I looked at is I, I looked at failure first and just what that was going to feel like. And if no one came and no one showed up and what was that going to be and, and how much money was I going to be out and, and how could I get it back? And that's always what I look at whenever I'm doing any kind of expansionary element to the studio is how can I lower my risk so that this is no big deal and it doesn't matter if it doesn't work and it's not going to kill my day. It's not going to kill my heart. It's not going to kill my business. It's not going to kill. And, you know, my personal life or my relationships. But if it works, it'll work extremely well. Well, it sounds like, you know, with clients, we have the same conversation that, you know, kind of what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case? case, And then what's kind of the more average, kind of more realistic? Mm -hmm. And if you can deal with the worst case and think about the risk, like, okay, worst case is I'm going to take you know, $75,000, I'm going to, you know, get this lease, I'm going to buy this equipment, and nobody shows up, and I lose that Mm -hmm. $75,000. No, that wouldn't be fun, but would I be okay? Mm -hmm. Would my family be okay? Could we eat, et cetera, et cetera? And if you can can absorb that and what that feels like and Mm -hmm. say, that would be bad, but it wouldn't be that bad. It's Mm -hmm. worth the plunge. Then you can go for it, right? And so I really try to get people in that mindset, mm-hmm. and it really, it's amazing. They get so much yeah. more confidence once they've really realized it's not it's not the end of the world. Yeah, being okay so you to did fail. That. Yeah, basically that's exactly what I did. It was like okay, let's you know when I did any of my projections, way everything was way low, you know, and also purchasing the studio space, getting out from under right. leases, being my own landlord. Right. You know that was really huge because I knew there was an energy in East Nashville and I knew it would be moving forward and that was yeah. again going back to that other question that was one of the reasons I went there is I knew I'd have that that doing something new and different and yeah. and support for that and seeing that grow and I thought I do not want to get on a lease in this neighborhood because that could end up really hurting me in the long run if yeah. I'm not if I want to continue to live the work in a happy, joyful, sure. peaceful way and not feel that intense stress um, on your back. Absolutely. Yes. Well, no, that was very smart. I know anyone can walk into your studio for yoga, all all backgrounds and experience levels. You never know who your clientele is going to be on a given day. So is that something that's very exciting to you as a business owner? You know, that's funny <laughs> you ask that because I'm like, that's just the nature of it. I think, you know, yoga in in our town, as much as there is a lot of yoga around now, it's still so new. Really? And, see, mm-hmm. I, I thought it, I, I feel like I see yoga studios everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you do a lot more now, but, you know, we have I mean, every day is someone new to yoga. I teach a class out in yoga in the park with um, a group out in Centennial, and we'll have 100 students every week. And there's always at least 25 to 30 brand new people who've never done yoga before. That's yoga so virgins, cool, if you That's, will. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yoga virgins, I love it. <laughs> I know, and, and it is. And I think that, uh, so, you know, and it does, it's all different ages from all different areas. Um, so I think that's just the nature of being a yoga teacher um, is that you're always going to have you know surprise guests, sure. and whether they actually are celebrities or sure. if they're just new to town or visiting. Well, is so is yoga for everyone? Because I can tell you, my parents think they're too old and it's very intimidating to them. They're the perfect example of, I mean, they, they walk and they, you know, they do a little bit of exercise mm-hmm. and stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm convinced just, you know, somebody who practices a, mm-hmm. a light amount of yoga, I go once a week or so, mm-hmm. that it is one of those things that would be 
change their life mm-hmm. just in the way they move and feel and enjoying all the things they you know all the hobbies and things um so is it for everyone right yeah how do you, absolutely. How do you answer that objection for absolutely. somebody that's 67 years old or you know the way yoga has evolved so much and especially uh, one of the blessings that i think um has happened with yoga coming to america and its popularity growing is that they've really tailored yoga to all sorts of demographics and to all walks of life and whether you're you know healing from trauma physical mental emotional or whether it's more of a fitness for you whether it's more of a spiritual practice for you you know whether it's for young children like my daughter two years old she can rock some yoga poses or or my parents who you know are dealing with some joint issues or heart you know problems it's like showing them something very accessible have you gotten your parents to do any yoga they will do some they will do some. My dad is more interested than my mom, which is uh, rather interesting since she was the ballerina. But <laughs> but somebody that's 65, 70 years old that's intimidated mm-hmm. by it, there's, there's, you can, are there special classes for them? Yeah, you, you know, just... there are a lot of uh, programs, particularly at some fitness facilities, they'll have even chair yoga offering. Chair where, yoga, Where, you know, right. if getting up and down on the floor is a problem. But most instructors, you know, that you find will know certain modifications and variations of poses to adapt it for okay. you. I mean, you can do it anywhere, anyplace, anytime, on the and bus, I've... at the desk, in your office, in a yoga studio. I'm going to have you call my parents. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think if everyone did yoga, we'd see the golden years uh, more enriched? I would think so. You know, again, going back to what we talked about earlier in the show, you know, moving your body in the way in which it was designed to move, there is this use it or lose it philosophy that we see through our sedentary lifestyle. And you don't want to overuse it, but if you underuse it, you're just never going to have it. So, you know, if you keep up that movement in your joints, if you keep up deep breaths, oxygenating your blood flow, it gives you not only that flexibility and strength, but also an awareness of what's going on. So you're better able to identify future problems that you might have, whether it's a a tight joint or whether it's a, you know, a bump or this or that. So it's definitely something that we all can benefit from and can help us do Whatever you, it is you love to do, whether it's sit at your desk and work, going out there hiking and biking or spending time with sure. your kids. Well, part of the retire while you work philosophy is making sure that you find ways to enjoy life in your prime working years. What are some of the ways you've been able to enrich your personal life while building up your professional life? And um, I do believe that since you, the my business is also my personal passion and, and sort of the path that I'm on, it's always fed me as I've grown. So it's one of those things where um, I've just enjoyed it so much and being able to own my business and claim my own hours of work gives me tremendous flexibility. So if I want to go study with one of my yoga teachers, I can take that time and go do that. And if I want to spend all night working on my website, then I can do that. So it's it's really afforded me a lot of versatility and balance in my life. Awesome. I could talk about yoga for for hours, but we're almost at the end of our show. I want to give you a chance. How can we find you and support you and come see you at your practice? Yes, our website is kaliyugayoga.com. That's K-A-L-I-Y-U-G-A-Y-O-G-A.com. We have classes all week, Sunday to Saturday. We have workshops on the weekends, and we also do a teacher training. So if you want to become a yoga teacher, (laughs) I can help you with that. Awesome, Leah. Leah King, thank you so much for being here. We'll have 
to have you back. And thank you for listening. As always, you've been listening to Retire While You Work here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. If you want to reach us during the week, give us a call. 615-435-3644 or go to retirewhileyouwork.com and submit your question. Come by and see us at our office in the historic 12th South neighborhood. Love to see you. I'm David Adams. Life is short. There are many more important things to worry about than money. Hope this show helps. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. David Adams Wealth Group is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC.